0: The hopes and dreams of an entire town are riding on your shoulders. You may never matter more than you do right now. If you want to win state, you're going to have to beat a team of giants, a team of monsters over in Dallas that outweigh you about 30 pounds a
1: man. This is real, sincere warfare. We're in the business of winning. Should we believe the hype? What hype? The hype about Booby Miles. No, hype is something that's not for real. I'm all real. I've seen you fight, I've seen you not quit. Can you give me a great effort? And just a little bit more, can we be perfect? So let's take care of it! All right,
2: welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho you are new here big screen sports each week for the most part me and a guest are covering your favorite and least favorite sports movies we're about 100 plus episodes in uh, 100 mostly evergreen episodes episodes come at you every monday also if you are a baseball fan make sure to check out my interview series from phenom to the farm presented by baseball america that, that comes at you every tuesday but like i said uh, if you're new here we've got a hundred over a hundred episodes of big screen sports—they're all pretty much evergreen. Uh, so, you know, if you get done with this, you decide you need more big screen sports in your life. By all means, go check out that feed, see if we've covered one of your favorites or least favorites. I will say though, some episodes are, are more evergreen than others, and with that, I kind of point to early on in this podcast, back in the the, the original title, it's called "Trouble with the Script," which is a terrible title. Uh, but you know, it was was still getting the feel for for covering these movies. I wasn't taking you know great notes, still getting comfortable in the mic. And about five episodes in, I covered Friday Night Lights, which is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, you know, I, I love watching it, love rewatching it. I, I just think it's a stunning display of high school football on film. But early on in that episode, I, I don't I don't think me and my guest really did it justice. So when I reached out to today's guest and he talked about covering Friday Night Lights, I was I was so pumped, knew I you know, knew I had a, a shot at redemption, and joining me today to cover uh, Friday Night Lights, the part two, basically, host of Insight with Chris Van Vliet. It's Chris Van Vliet. Chris, thanks so much for joining Big Screen Sports.
0: Yeah, Kyle, thank you so much for having me on. This is one of my favorite movies of all time, so I'm, I'm jacked up to talk about this.
2: <laughs> it is a fantastic movie. Before we get into it, uh, tell the folks where they can find you and what is coming up on Insight with Chris Van Vliet.
0: So I'm on social media everywhere, at Chris Van Vliet, V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. Wherever you listen to this, you can find my podcast, Insight with Chris Van Vliet. Some of my recent guests have been Freddie Prince Jr., the the star of another great sports film, Submercats. That we will discuss here
2: in a little bit. (laughs) I love it.
0: I also have Paige Van Zandt, uh, who's a bare knuckle fighter now, but UFC fighter. Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC was recently on the show. So my whole, the whole thing about my podcast is I'm fascinated by people who are at the top of their game, and I want to be able to reverse engineer what makes successful people so successful. I want to find out their habits and techniques. So that's what the show's all about.
2: Yeah, I uh the Freddie Prince Jr. interview I I just I listened to it the other day. It is fantastic. Anyone who is a fan of FPJ, which I don't like, I don't know how you couldn't be. Right. Uh it is well worth a listen. Chris, you do great work and obviously we're gonna have to discuss uh Freddie and his his summer catch baseball ability here down the road in this podcast. <laughs> but today we are discussing uh one of the you know, in my opinion, the best high school football movie there is Friday Night Lights, the 2004 American football drama. Based on H.G. Bissinger's book, which profiled the economically depressed town of Odessa, Texas, and their heroic high school football team, the Permian Panthers, that starred Billy Bob Thornton, Derek Luke, Lucas Black, and Garrett Hedlund, directed by Peter Berg, who was is, who is in the middle of a very important stretch for me personally. He did the rundown with The Rock, which I love. He does this, which I love, and then he does The Kingdom, which I also love. Great, great Peter Berg run. Got an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, gross $61 million. Uh, you know, Chris... Wait, when I reach out to you about coming on the podcast, yeah, I asked you to pick a sports movie. You jumped to Friday Night Lights. Why did you jump to this one? Why does this movie stand out
0: for you? Well, I think for me, this isn't just a great sports film. This is just a great film, period. And that's where the sentence ends. And I think that there's just so many things about this film that I think kind of all come together to make this great. Sure, it has some sports in it, but this is also like very much a coming of age film. This is like Stand By Me or... Goonies or Risky Business, something like that, because we all see a little bit of ourselves in one or two or three of these characters. So and I, when this movie came out, I was a little nostalgic for high school myself because I had just graduated two years before when this movie came out. I never played football in high school, but I was on the high school wrestling team. I was on the high school baseball team. So I understood at least, you know, a little Portion of what they were feeling, the pressures they were feeling to succeed in this film.
2: Yeah, and this kind of evolves from the '90s high school films that shout out FPJ that he, <laughs> he made a career off, but is yeah. it gets into a little more of a serious element and really takes a look at the the psyche of high schoolers. And it, it was much less popcorny than those films that that it came off in the '90s. Um, I pulled some bits of trivia. Uh, th- this one, this is a great there are some certain films with great IMDb trivia pages, this is one of them, there's a lot Ooh, of great nuggets, I, I tried it. to I tried to pull a few that are just that just give credence to what makes this a good movie uh, first and foremost, frustrated with the authenticity of some actors playing assistant coaches, director Peter Berg turned to actual Permian high school coaches to deliver some lines during game sequences it is something I preach on this podcast unless you need an actor to like go win you an Oscar and carry a movie get an athlete or get someone who has been there and that authenticity will come through in the movie and your movie will be better for it
0: that is such a good point i mean they don't need to be the the head coach because obviously billy bob thornton did an incredible job in that role but why can't they be the tight end coach or the quarterback coach or just someone standing on the sideline knowing how to hold a clipboard or wear a head headset i think it makes perfect sense
2: Yeah, that stuff it really comes through and firm. Athletes and athletes and coaches, they just they like they know how to stand. They know how to to, to just be in that space. I think it, it makes a huge difference. Something else that made this movie I think excellent one of the best parts of the movie is the score. Texan experimental post-rock band Explosions in the Sky scored the movie. The producer used small pieces of older songs by Explosions in the Sky as placeholders, but eventually grew so fond of the pieces that he licensed them along with the original score produced by the band. I mean, what it's a fantastic decision.
0: Oh, that score is its just synonymous with football now. Anytime you hear anything from Explosions in the Sky, you're like, ah, there it is, Friday Night Lights, because it has such a distinct sound to it. It's a soundtrack
2: also, that you can like work to too. You can just have it on. It's it's very, yeah. very good.
0: Also, I, I was watching the trailer before I rewatched the film the other day, and I'm a huge fan of like pop punk music. And I was like, story of the year is the music in the trailer? Like, that was mind-blowing to me.
2: It's a very like it's interesting to think about this the this movie in the sense of like how artful it is. Like on the surface, like it's a movie about high school football in Odessa, Texas, and we're only a few years removed from Varsity Blues, which was the corny MTV, pop-heavy, uh, you know, high school football movie. And this is the exact. Uh, it is deep, and it is serious, and it is artful, yeah. and it is it's just a, a perfect piece of film. Like starting from the poster all the way through. It's. It's really. It's. I, I kind of wonder if it would have come out in a different era. If it like if it comes out now, if it gets a little more serious consideration if it gets out of because it's kind of catching the tail end, like I said, of those high school movies. And I felt like it kind of got lumped into that. I'm kind of wondering if it had if there had been some distance, maybe like 10 years of distance between the high school movie era and this, if it gets a little more consideration, you know, for awards, or at least gets taken a little more seriously at the time it comes out.
0: Yeah, because this unfortunately gets lumped in as just a sports film or just a football film. And it's so much more than that. Like this is a drama and like I mentioned earlier, a coming of age film that just happens to center around, you know, some football here. But there's some deep storylines going on here and there's some huge character development that we see throughout the film, which I just think makes it stand apart from any other football film in that era.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my, the, the next nugget, the next IMDB trivia oh is two good my, ones. Well, this one is my favorite, but it, it is personal in real life. There are actually three football teams in Odessa that call Ratliff stadium home stadium home. There's the mm. Permian high school Panthers, mm. the Odessa high school Broncos, and my alma mater, the university of Texas of the Permian basin Falcons shout wow. out UTPB.
0: So how good was your team compared to the other two?
2: So we actually did not get football until I graduated which is a <laughs> which is a damn shame. When I was in school we would sell they sold shirts in the library that said UTPB football still undefeated. Uh, since they have enacted the program, they are no longer uh, undefeated. It has been, you know, they've started a program from scratch. They just got some new great facilities on campus. I am wishing the best for them. But the thing that this movie kind of doesn't take into account, it, it depicts Odessa as kind of a one-stoplight town. Odessa is fucking massive. Now, <laughs> it's it's a desert, and it is very much an oil town. It is very, very blue-collar, but it's huge. Permian and Odessa High School are both at the top classification of uh texas high school football they're both i believe 6a now when i was in high school they were 5a but like the they do share that stadium so one team's home the other's away and then they play each other in the stadium every year and i actually my freshman year of college got tickets to the Odessa High School versus Permian High School football game and it was an absolute madhouse this movie did get that right.
0: <laughs> the fact that you can even graduate from a high school in Texas without experiencing Texas football in your school, I feel like that that should be illegal in Texas.
2: Oh yeah I mean it's uh, I mean every school like my high school you know football was big. Um, you know, and then going to college and not having a football team was weird. I am glad that they got it, but they were always, I, I will say they will always probably be playing second fiddle to Permian and Odessa high school. But hmm. the, the Permian Odessa high school experience was, it was crazy. And I, I walked into that game. I expected to, you know, to see the great Permian Panthers and Odessa high school blew the doors off of them.
0: Wow. Wow. So this is all like, I grew up in Canada. I grew up just outside of Toronto. So High school football there was not a thing. Like I went to <laughs> I went to a few high school football games before my teachers went on strike, which is a completely different story, but my teachers <laughs> went on strike, we lost all our school sports for like 3 years, which was terrible. But I went to a high school football game in my freshman year and there was like 50 people there and like most of them were just, like, the parents of the kids who were playing. So it's so cool that when I started to, like, realize what high school football was in America, I was like, oh, wow. Like, it's a real thing here.
2: Oh, yeah. And I mean, in Texas, it's double that. And I think Ratliff caps out at, like, 30,000 people. It's a crazy experience. Wow. Uh, yeah. It's – I would put it, I mean, you have to go to Odessa to do it, but I, I would put it on the sports bucket list. It is It is really something else. Uh, the last IMDB nugget, in reality, the 1988 Permian High School Panthers lost to Dallas Carter in the state semifinals, not the state finals. Carter did go on to win the state championship, but was later forced to forfeit its entire season. It was discovered that an academically ineligible player had been allowed to play after his grades changed. I included that to just... <laughs> Tell all listeners if, if you haven't seen it, they made a thirty for thirty on that team uh, called What Carter Lost about that you know that team, what happened to them after it was an incredibly talented team. A bunch of them ended up getting caught in like a burglary run, um, kind of a kind of a tragic story. But Man. Uh, yeah, fan, fantastic, uh, fantastic thirty for thirty. Recommend everyone go watch it. But uh, getting into the movie, Chris, uh, is this a Hall of Fame All Star starter, bench warmer, sports film for you?
0: this is a hall of fame film for me. Like I wouldn't have chosen it otherwise. Uh, I think for me, this is number one or two when it comes to football movies. I think that there's, there's other sports movies I love and it's ironic because I didn't play football. I've never played football, but the football movies for me mean that much more maybe because football itself means so much more than a lot of other sports do. But yeah, this is uh, this is right at the top of that pile. This is
2: Hall of Fame for me. I think it's the best high school football movie there's ever been made. We've covered a couple of them on the pod. Like, I, I love Varsity Blues. You know, it was always on MTV when I was growing up. But definitely a different kind of movie, a lower class of movie than this. Um, All the Right Moves, which is a very early Tom Cruise film. I think 81 yeah. uh, <laughs> has its moments is, is not up to this. I mean, this is, yeah, it's, a, it's stunning. It's a top. It's a Mount Rushmore football movie for me. Um, yeah. Just and
0: fantastic I- stuff. I think what's so great about this, and your trivia really you know, speaks to this, football, high school football in Texas means a lot. And as soon as this movie opens, we feel the weight of that. We feel the weight of how important high school football is for this town. And I, I love that that carries through the entire film.
2: When we also, it captures the mentality, and I, I think it, it goes really far in this movie with how you know how much pressure is on these kids but also you know how important they perceive this to be how a lot of them perceive this you know and and all the adults in the town perceive hey this is going to be the greatest time of your life and i think that is something that all anyone who played amateur athletics can deal with at least in the moment it is very easy to get caught up in your sports and say this is the best time I'm ever going to have or this is you know this is incredible it's always very sad when it ends uh, and, you know, obviously, especially in this town, that is magnified times 100. Yeah. And there are also people who never you know, this does end up being the the best part of their lives. When I was in college, when I when I was in Odessa, we you know, you would meet people who played football for Permian it, it's even older people just around town and there was that that stain of that was the best time of their lives they still wear permian shit all the time and it's (laughs) still you know it the the movie does capture that might not be as excessive all the time as some of the the grander moments of you know never forget high school but it it is a real (laughs) thing that mentality of High school athletics are the most important thing
0: that's ever going to happen to you. Well, I think the scene that sums that up the best is when they're out for burgers and Mike, the quarterback, has that older guy who's kind of balding, but you can see he has the state championship ring on his hand. And he asks Mike if he'll hold the baby for a photo. And he's basically, you know, impressing to him that, hey, this is like the most important thing. Like, this is it. Like, win this and then the rest of your life is going to kind of suck. He has, you know, uh, he probably, you know, he's probably with his high school sweetheart who probably doesn't look like she did in high school anymore. And he probably doesn't look like he did in high school anymore. And he's basically saying, yeah, this is the best time of your life, kid. Like, live it up
2: yeah nothing but babies and memories do you know who that That's guy right. is by the way
0: Wait, no who is
2: did it? you recognize that guy he no. is also in summer catch shout out fpj who he is uh van lemur's buddy who's one of the guys who burnt they burned down the, oh, he's the guy who's wow. with them when they burned down the the clubhouse
0: that is a deep cut that is, is
2: a deep cut, cut. <laughs> it is a very very deep wow. cut Good transition. Let's get into the the best scenes. Now, I'm going to go through these chronologically. I usually, I try to be kind of specific when I do these, but I'll admit I have listed a lot because there are a lot of great scenes in this movie. And if I miss any of yours, by all means, stop me. The first one I've got is The First Practice, which is essentially the opening scene of the movie. The movie, you know, starts with the stuff on the radio, Booby running to the, you know, run into practice. It's our introduction to Booby Miles and, and how important... Permian football is.
1: I I ain't told what to play. I I know what to play was, okay? I know what to play was, okay? Odessa is a small town, and uh, when you screw up, everybody knows about it. Your dad played at Permian. What's it like to be the son of a local legend? Hold on to the damn ball, Donnie! Next question. There it
2: goes!
1: How are your grades, baby? I get straight A's. I'm an athlete. In what subject? Hey, there's only one subject, it's football. I don't the
0: subject. Yeah, and that scene really sets the tone. I mean, we, we understand how important football is in Texas. And that scene sets, that sets the tone for the whole film. And we also see, like, you know, Booby Miles, this Adonis of a man who's running into practice. We see Mike, who's showing up in an older car and looks a little bit shy, looking like he just, like, came off of working on, like, some sort of farm or something like that. You, you definitely get a feel for who all these characters are, boom, the second the film starts. It sets
2: up almost every storyline in the movie without a, a narration telling us, like, it set, you know right away Booby's the star. You know yep. right away that Billingsley is dealing with this overbearing father. Uh, you understand yeah. that, that Winchell is dealing with the weight of the world on his shoulders, what being the QB means, and yep. that Coach Gaines is trying to steer this ridiculously outsized ship in this crazy market.
0: Yeah, it, that scene sets the tone for everything. So definitely, it's not my favorite scene in the film, but it's really good at like setting the tone for how everything's going to go.
2: Yeah, it's a very good opener. Very, very good, good opener. It might not very be the best. Good. The next one I've got is, is the first game. And right away, you're in for a different type of high school football in this movie. It... it I will say it is it is the best it is certainly the best high school football action ever put on camera yeah. uh, in a movie and it, arguably the best football action. It looks fantastic the action's incredible the atmosphere is authentic you got booby running everywhere it is it is a I mean and there's there's great music going I think it's like it's like public enemy or uh, run DMC or something is going. I can't remember off the top of my head but it is it, 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 just exciting you are in the shit with them.
1: So let's take care of it. No Yo, Chuck, You oh. tell these are still steal from us. Show them we can do this. 'Cause we always do this. I, I, yeah, boy. How low can you go? That's where we're oh. starting. There you go. Oh. What oh. hey hey, a game. What a game. Booby miles. Oh. First down. Both of them think booby miles. He's going half in the defense. It's been all booby all the time here on the Forty Ninth. A mojo. First down.
0: Yeah. And it's obvious that actual football players were playing in those scenes because yeah, as someone who's, who played sports growing up, I, I played a lot of baseball growing up. Every time I would watch a baseball movie, I'd be like, oh, like, come on. Like you wouldn't actually do that in a game. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It's and the genesis see... of this
2: podcast, breaking down <laughs> what's authentic, what isn't.
0: Right. And then you see this scene and you're like, oh, oh, this is, this is going to be great. And the way that this was shot, the way that Peter Berg shot this, like in that kind of documentary style, I think really added to that as well.
2: I think so too. The, the best thing a sports movie can do is not take you out of it with the action being unrealistic. Feel like you're watching sports or feel like, give you some sense of believability and this does that in spades. I, yeah. I, it's a it's just fantastic. And then obviously that game ends, the audio on Booby's knee injury is horrifying. And then oh. the silence of the crowd and like I think anyone who's been to a sporting event, especially a football game, like that's what happens when especially when a star, when someone gets hurt, it is it is like the, you know, a funeral.
0: Yep, that's yep, you're absolutely right. And then again, we we feel how important this is and like, oh my god, we we've learned up till this point in the movie that the whole season is riding on Booby Miles. Well, what happens if Booby Miles can't play? Well, then is the whole season shot. They were supposed to have a perfect season. What happens now?
2: yeah and that 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 silence and that you know that desperation that's not just because oh that that kid is hurt it's oh, that kid's future is is gone, and every everyone knows that right away well it's, and it, it's terrifying
0: and the silence is it's not just that booby's out and that his future's out it's oh oh, if booby's out, what happens to our team now because without booby, we might not be able to win and that's what, I think that's, that's what a lot of that silence speaks to as well mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The next scene I've got, um, and this is probably the least, the most subtle scene I think I've listed, is the conversation between Gaines and Winchell at Winchell's house, which I, I, I included mm. that. I think it shows the best of what a coach is supposed to be someone who truly cares about his players to motivate them beyond athletics. It, it's the most important thing a, a coach can do. I, yeah. I, they're, These guys, like, yes, they're there to win football games. Yes, they're there. And, you know, the worst of them are only there to win football games. The best of them are to make their players better when they're done with sports, because at some point they're going to be done with sports. They're not going to be athletes anymore.
0: And we see how much empathy that Coach Gaines has in that scene. I mean, and I think that that's what that's what really works in this movie is he has this empathy for. For his family, obviously, but for all of his players. And like you said, there's a lot of these football movies where the coach is just there to win and just there to make money. And he has like this actual empathy and like he cares. He cares about his players on a human personal level.
2: Yeah, something I want to get into later is the. I think the movie gives Gaines kind of a tough shake that the person of Gary Gaines kind of a tough shake at certain parts. But this is one of the one of the better um it's mm. it is well, it's absolutely interesting
0: to hear okay yeah i've,
2: I've got I've, I've got some stuff about how the movie uh the movie depicted that but the okay. next scene i've got is the midland league game which i think captures like the sense of desperation for high school athletes it's it's you know the time it's like i said earlier it's the time of your life where you think this is the most important thing you'll ever do which you know This movie, the the movie kind of makes light of that. But for a lot of Texas high school football players, it's really how they viewed this is that this game, this Midland league game was the most important time in their lives. And they have to win like Mike crying and banging his head against the wall after the game. Like that's a real thing. I've seen guys cause themselves harm after losing a, a high school sporting event.
0: Wow. But at the time when you're 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, There is nothing bigger. You're not thinking about what's going to happen after this. You're not thinking about playing in college or possibly, you know, if you're really good, playing in the NFL one day or having a family or anything else. This is the most important thing that's ever happened in your life and may ever happen in your life, at least up until that point. So, man, I get it.
2: Yeah, I mean you're watching a kid who had dreamed of that moment of of winning that Midland League game for you know for his entire life. He gets to that point, he's the quarterback at Permian and he loses. And it's yeah. it's desperate. Also, shout out to that scene uh featuring a cameo from former Permian wide receiver Roy Williams is one of the Midland League coaches. Man, look at that. And former former Dallas Cowboy as well. Uh, the next one I have is I think the the toughest scene to watch in the movie. That is that is Booby cleaning out his locker and then, you know, essentially packing up his dreams and then getting in the car and crying with his uncle.
1: What are we going to do? I can't do nothing else but play football. Hey,
2: hey, don't worry
1: about that. Don't worry about it. I
2: can't be doing nothing else. I can't do
0: nothing else but play football. What? We practiced it. We? we practiced it. You know, we was to go through the pro? You know, oh my no, I to put you my knee. You know, I'm somebody. somebody else do No, I want down to buy you a house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that scene because the shift that he makes from being all smiles as he's cleaning out his locker, "Eh, everything's going to be okay, it's going to be fine, you know, go on and be perfect. And then he goes into the car and just breaks out into tears. What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now if I can't play football? And we feel how important this is for him because what is he going to do now? This was his season. And he, you know we see earlier in the film that he's going through all these acceptance letters and trying to figure out where he's going to go. What's he going to do now? What's he going to do? It was Booby had
2: put all his chips into football, and it oh. is it is devastating. A devastating scene to watch. Yeah,
0: that's oh, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant how he played that scene.
2: The last one I've got is, and, and this is kind of the, the go-to for every sports movie, in, in most traditional sports movies, there's always a final game, obviously the state championship game. The yeah. the game that brought the song New Noise to every high school athlete's gym playlist for at least a decade. Yeah. Uh, the Astrodome looks great on camera. This game in real life was played at, at UT, uh, University of Texas. The Astrodome looks much better on camera, serves as a much better uh, setting for a movie football game than than in the outdoor field at at UT.
0: If this was if this movie was based on a true story, why wouldn't they use the you know the facts of the story that they didn't actually make it to the finals? Why do you think they made that decision?
2: I think because the whole movie th- there are certain things. So and and that's one of the things in the trivia. And if you go on Wikipedia, you can do they they did certain things that unless you you follow Texas high school football you you wouldn't get like you know like there's a team on their schedule they play in the playoffs that they wouldn't have played or something like that just just little things like minute things that don't make a huge difference in terms of the movie with the decision to make it so they lose in the state championship I, I think it is giving that final game as much juice as you can possibly get. The state championship game just means more than the state semifinal game. Yeah. And it, it's what the whole, I mean, in the first scene in that first practice scene Gaines is ending that huddle with, we will win state. We will yes. win state. And yeah. I think, I think it would have been cause, and, uh, and also I think it gives it a, it would have given it away because If you didn't read this book and you didn't know much about this movie or anything, I think it gives it away if they make the state semifinal game such a huge game towards the end, you're like, oh, this is going to be the last game of the movie. It's not going to be like Miracle where the big game is the, you know, the the mid round against the Soviets. And then the (laughs) the gold medal game is just like in a montage later. Like, you (laughs) know, so I think that's probably why they made it the you know, the state championship game.
0: I love the fact that they don't win the
2: championship
0: because oh, it's great. In, in so many sports movies, it's kind of like a rom com. You just you know they're gonna, you know, get together at the end of the movie. It's just a matter of how are they gonna get together. And in every sports film, you go into going, All right, I know they're gonna win this thing at the end. And I didn't know that when I went to watch the movie. And I remember when they lost, I was like, Hold up, wait, wait, did that that actually happen? They actually lost oh that wow. Oh, and then like the gravity of it starts to sink in and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, they didn't win that. It's interesting. I kind of wonder what happens because this
2: book happened because um, the, the author traveled to Odessa, stayed with this team for you know three months during the season and chronicled that and it becomes this best-selling sports book. It is incredible. I think I read it when I was a senior in high school. I highly recommend it to everyone. But if he decides to do this a year later... The year they win state, I wonder how mm. like radically different the book makes because part of and 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 part of that part of why the state championship game is, is such a great scene is because of the the end. As soon as you realize that they've lost and they're just standing there and they're crying like I think for any athlete and I think this is this is something that that you and I can can feel the same as them like there is nothing like your last game. For the majority yeah. of amateur athletes, this is how it ends. Very few people get to walk away on yeah. their own terms. And especially in high school, you've played with most of these guys since you were 11, 12, sometimes as young as like six years old. You played with these guys forever. You know right away it's the last time you're ever going to play together. You know it's probably the last time you're ever going to play that sport. And to see that on screen I think is so much more powerful than to see them lift up a state championship trophy.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you, you are obviously more knowledgeable about about Texas high school football than I am being from there. They haven't won the state championship since then, right? They
2: won the year after they won that
0: one in 89. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, I don't think
2: no, I don't think they they've won after cuz that's when like
0: Wow. Yeah.
2: It's it's been it's been a while. I mean, you know, the the thing with the thing with Texas high school football is the And I'm not a, I'm not an expert, but the demographics i think started shifting in terms of there were schools just started getting better had a bigger influx of talent around the the big cities and, and money coming in and, and access to you know access for kids to to train to get better so that's when that leads to the rise of schools like Lake Travis where Baker Mayfield is from and Westlake mm. where Drew Brees is from, mm. um, Allen where Kyler Murray is from they play in a, like a, a fucking palace so <laughs> I think that, that kind of that that works against uh, Odessa but yeah it, it has been it, yeah if I remember if I remember correctly it has been like thirty plus years wow.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: So what is your best scene in this movie? If you had to pick one, what's the go-to?
0: It's actually none of the scenes that you listed there, which are all great scenes. The booby in the car, I think would be a close second for me, but the go-to scene for me, and this is a scene I will show people just like completely out of context is the scene with Tim McGraw and the duct tape and the football.
2: Oh, that is a tough scene to watch.
0: Oh my God, Tim McGraw is so good in this. And by the way, this is Tim McGraw like before he found out what the inside of a gym looked like apparently. (laughs) It's it's a schlubby Tim McGraw. (laughs) Like Tim McGraw is jacked now. Tim McGraw is so jacked. And I actually think that it's usually scenes that win people awards rather than the entire performance as a whole. And I think that if his character maybe... I think actually a few things here. If this movie had come out maybe uh, 10 or 15 years later, like we talked about, and maybe his character had another few scenes, like just a little bit more meat, I actually think you could make an argument that Tim McGraw could get an Oscar nomination uh, for Best Supporting Role for that scene alone. Because At the very
2: least, a Golden Globe.
0: Absolutely. That scene is so powerful. And like you said... Difficult to watch, and it's funny because Garrett Hedlund, who is an actor, and Tim McGraw, who's a country singer, Tim McGraw acts circles around Garrett in that scene. And like Tim is so so good. And then later on, we see the scene where Tim is kicking out the windows of the car. Another incredible scene where Tim McGraw is completely in his element. So for me, it's the duct tape and the football. That is the best scene in the entire film, just from an acting and storyline standpoint.
2: Tim McGraw does have some chops though. He's in uh, he's in he country does. strong. He's good in country song. He's in a blind side, a movie that i I have openly showed some disdain for. I am not. The blind side is <laughs> not aged well. I don't think it's very good. I don't think. I agree. I don't know. I don't understand how we as a society made a woman where made a movie where a white woman teaches Michael Orr how to play left tackle, but that's <laughs> that's besides that's besides the point. Uh for my best scene, I I think it's the the scene where Booby cleans out his locker. It's okay. either that or yeah. the the very end of the state championship game.
0: I I I mean, back to Tim McGraw here. This was only his second film. I'm looking it up right now. It was only his second film. It was only his second film at that point. So you're right. He has some chops. He was in the kingdom and he was in the blind side and he was in country song. Sure. But this was only his second film. And at that point, he really hadn't gone mainstream. Like country was still like, if you liked country, you liked country. Now, I mean, everybody knows a Tim McGraw song, whether you like country or any other genre of music. So I just think that this was such a breakthrough performance for him, and that scene, oh my God, that scene's amazing, and I can't picture anybody else being as good in that scene as he is.
2: It's not a giveaway role that you you just give to like a random famous person if you want the face either. Like you've got to yeah, have yeah. Y- you've got to put something behind that role, and he he really delivers on that as you know shitbag dad, but he <laughs> he delivers.
0: Yeah, it's like he really earned that role, and you're right. It's not just like, oh, let's take some famous country singer and put him in this movie because you know he's he's from uh, he's from the south. Is he from Texas? Is Tim McGraw from Texas?
2: I do not know. The,
0: you know, the, you know, you know who knows? The internet knows. The internet. He's from Louisiana. He's the, oh so, my god! So basically. sorry, everybody. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> kind of but basically, I, he's one state over. But I feel like they like he earned this role for sure.
2: Yeah, he's he's very good, and, and that's something we're going to get into. This whole cast uh, really, really brings it, I think. Um, Chris, let's take a quick ad break and then get back with the Best Quote.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: All right. So, best quote with this one. This to me is not like your super quotable sports movie. Like it's got nothing that's that's super cliche or anything like that. Is there something? Is there a quote in this one that really stands out to you? Is something that drives home this movie?
0: It's. I think this is like the thesis of the film, and it certainly sums up everything that we've been talking about thus far. It's when they're about to go play that state championship game and Billy Bob Thornton says in his speech forget forever is about to happen here in a few minutes. It's like, boom, There, like, that is, that's the movie right there in a nutshell. It's all hanging on. Like this is the most important thing that you're ever going to do in your life. Forever is about to happen here in a few minutes.
2: I've got something kind of similar is Tim McGraw, it is it is after he is uh, it's the morning after he has thrown his state championship ring out the window when he tells he basically tells Garrett headline his entire motivation behind anything. If if you got one year to make some memories, son, which is his way of saying I, you know, my 18 year old year, my senior year was the best year of my life. Yep. And that's yeah. that's what a lot of these people are struggling with. They're either going through that right now and trying not to let this year pass them by, or they're living 30 years in the past.
0: Yeah, there's. I mean, it's also so, so quotable. It Has nothing really to do about the film, but it's just so quotable and funny that when Booby's coming back from his injury, he just keeps saying, "You want to win, put Booby in. I have that. You want to win, too. put Booby in. Let me spin." <laughs> Yeah, it's a great line. It's, it is. It's, I feel like he could be a, a great pro wrestler with just like his presence and his charisma and the way that he speaks. Derek,
2: this is another, if if this movie comes out like 10 years later, I Derek Luke might get some looks for this role. He's a, a very... Like he said, a very charismatic performance, but a very emotional performance at the same time.
0: I was surprised to see how old he was when he filmed this. Like I, I think we all understand that no one playing a high schooler is of high school age, but he was like twenty, like eight, I think. 20. He was thirty. <laughs> thirty, which means that Derek Luke
2: is almost fifty, and that dude looks amazing.
0: Yeah. Sure. He does, but I'm, I'm really surprised that he didn't like that. This didn't springboard his career into like all kinds of other stuff. Cause he came off Antoine Fisher, which was, he was amazing in that. Mm -hmm. And then he goes into this movie amazing in this. And then he just kind of has like, this is, I think he has leading man qualities. And I think he's only done a few like super supporting roles since, which was kind of surprising to see.
2: He's done a bunch of TV. Uh like I remember seeing him early in The Americans. Uh he was uh he was P Diddy in Yeah, the, he was P Diddy the, the in The Taurus.
0: Movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh
2: yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Um it never I don't know, it it just never came together. I mean he's been working steadily, which like good for him. I'm yeah. I hope he's doing well. I hope he lives in a nice house and stuff like that, but <laughs> it's um yeah, I guess it's it really hasn't come together. I mean, I don't know about you. This is what I think of when I think of Derek Luke.
0: Oh, absolutely! And this is what we'll forever think of Derek Luke. Of you no, know, this is this is his role for yeah. sure.
2: He is, but I, he is Booby Miles. He put Booby Miles on the map.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he played this role to perfection. I, he did. It's incredible. He did. Uh, let's get into the most
2: authentic, least authentic sports-centric parts in this movie. Is there something that jumped off the page to you? Because, you know, the best sports movies are very authentic, feel real, have, you know, real you know, plot points. The better a movie is, the more you can let some, some bad sports stuff slide. But I think this has, you know, I think this has both. What, what for you was the most authentic part about this movie?
0: It was how realistic the football looked. Like it didn't look like they were on take 17 of any of these plays. It looked like they were going out there and doing it for the very first time, like it was actually happening in a game. And there's one catch early on. I don't remember specifically which game it's in, but there's one catch where it's like in the very front corner of the end zone and he catches it and just barely gets both feet down. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like how many how many takes did they have to do to make that look as perfect as they did? And it was a scene like that where I went, "Man, this was they, this was perfect."
2: I'm in the exact same spot. It, it captures high school football atmosphere and game action better than any, bef- any movie before, pretty much any movie since. Yeah. Uh, you know, the good thing about high school football is it doesn't have to look professional. The players don't have to look like elite athletes. These look like good high school football players. Yeah. Um, And there's also a ton of it. You get fed a ton of football action. This movie between the first practice, you get multiple games. The state championship game scene is really long. The Midland league game scene is really long. You get, you get fed a lot of football in this
0: movie. Yeah. And the hits are hard. Like, I don't know how they did that hit on Booby miles when he injures his knee. I don't know how they did that. There are some hits that
2: I, I, if the movie came out now, or you know, if it happened in real life, like might be considered targeting.
0: I, I just I, I look at that scene with that where Booby injures his knee, and I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, I, it looks like it's Derek Luke taking that hit. It might be a you know a very talented stuntman. I don't know, but I don't know how someone didn't legitimately get injured on that hit. There's some some brutal ones. Yes, brutal. <laughs>
2: I want to take the lead on Lisa, I think, and something I referenced earlier. Earlier in this movie, does Gary Gaines' character dirty? No, it, it does to Integrity this. of okay. the man, dirty. Okay. Starts with the first practice, the first scene. It is extremely disappointing and unrealistic, and something that Gaines himself, the real life Gaines, said he wouldn't have allowed. That a coach wouldn't step in and stop Billingsley's dad in that first practice.
1: Come here. Come here. What's the problem? Get off your field, Dad. I can't hold on the football. So goddamn hard about holding on to it. I'm sorry. All you gotta do is hold on to the goddamn football, and you can't do it. Tell me why you can't do it. Just tell me. That's all I wanna know. I'll try better next time. Come on. Hey. Charlie! Don't you walk don't away from on. me. You, don't you walk away from me when I'm talking to you. You hear me? Tell me why you can't hold on to the ball. I'm not. Come on. Mr. Listen, answer a question. Please. Answer. Please. Answer. Please. first day of practice, please. Mr. Billy. hold on. Seriously. you not Charlie. Okay. Embarrassing me out here. Okay. Mm,
2: yeah, I, I it's like it's left up to a player. Chavez gets in between him. I, I there's never been any team I've been on, and I certainly you know I I just don't think any coach, especially one like Gary Gaines, you see cares for his players. You see him, yeah. you know, you see him go over to Mike Winchell's house to talk to him. They would not, I mean, because they were witnessing abuse. They they witnessed child abuse. Don <laughs> Billingsley is a kid, and I don't you know I don't think any coach. There are you know ten coaches on that field. And and Don Billingsley like yes he's an Odessa legend. Don Billingsley ain't shit. He's an oil field worker who won a state championship 30 years ago. Like he ain't shit. It's not like he's LeBron screaming at Bronny on the sideline, which by the way LeBron is like best at ever. <laughs> um he's the exact opposite of this guy. So that is something that um that stands out to me and, and it's to it's for dramatic effect to show this, you know, set up this this abusive relationship between Billingsley and his dad but I'm I wonder if there could have been a different way to I mean you have you know you could have had him bickering at him from the sideline and saying terrible things and then you have that scene with the duct tape and that's all the work you need to do like to know that okay this isn't healthy
0: but this also has to this also shows the fine balance that Gary Gaines has between the people who used to play at that high school and then the people who support the team and there's this fine balance between like He's the coach, but there's all these other people behind the scenes trying to pull the strings
2: there is and he and he has to navigate that and that is part of a Texas high school football coach because like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's just sitting in his office <laughs> and then randomly the the booster random guy is, well Gary, you want to come in and talk to you about defense like yeah. he's the, the, you gotta nobody <laughs> like, so he's he's having to deal with stuff like that I, I just think there was a way um the the other thing is um so. Something I wish they would have hap- let happen, and I get for dramatic effect again. But the, in real life, Booby blew out his knee in a scrimmage, not in oh, a forty-five wow. to nothing game where you know, even if Comer wouldn't have couldn't have found himself, they would have. Booby would not have gone back in that game. But coach, the coach would not let a player play without hearing from a doctor. Like yeah. him taking Booby and his uncle's word on it. Like, oh, you guys good with this? Like, I don't need to see an MRI. Like, we're good. it's like that. It's like that meme you see on Twitter sometime of the security guard like loosely patting people down, and it's like the, the epitome <laughs> of bad security. That's like Gaines accepting Booby back from an injury. Like, he didn't ask the doctor. He didn't go to. Mid- he all he had to do was call that hospital in Midland, and they were like, "Yeah, we can't really disclose, but I, I wouldn't play him this week." So th- that's the other thing that I'm like, oh, like we we could have done this better. We could have done this without being such a bad look for Gary Gaines because that, yeah, that that's is harming a player.
0: Yeah, that was probably the only part that really didn't add up is the fact that they were like, oh, you you, you good to play? Is that, and then like turns to the uncle, is it good with you? All right, well, go suit up then.
2: <laughs> yeah, because that's like the varsity blues thing, except that that coach is being intentionally, like intentionally cruel. Like he is shooting up his players with painkillers. He's not just like looking the other way. It's it's a very it's a very tough look for for Gary Gaines at some point in this movie. Did in you real- have something that stood out for least authentic?
0: No, I was actually struggling with that because I thought that the gameplay was so authentic in this movie that I was actually struggling with something that wasn't authentic. So I think for me, yeah, I guess it, I like, I like looking for plot holes in movies. So if it was, if there was something that didn't add up, it's probably the fact that Booby ended up playing that game just basically based on his word. And in real life, did Booby go back in and get injured again? No, I,
2: I believe that I, from my understanding and that's from reading the book and the IMDB, but it's been a while since I read the book. I think he tore his, like he, he, treaded his knee in a uh, he caught his knee on turf in a scrimmage, and he was out for the year I don't think he played all year uh,
0: okay well this is a much better story the way it is it actually the way it <laughs> happens in the movie is a much better story
2: it is it is <laughs> but let, let's get into what worked why this one is a hall of famer what what have we not gone over yet that that really stands out for you
0: I think it's just a combination of everything. And I mean, we've talked about how great the gameplay is tied in with the incredible soundtrack led by explosions in the sky, the weight and the gravity of what this means for these men at this point in their life. Even the, which we haven't talked about, even the sex scene early on with Winchell, I think is done so authentically and makes perfect sense. Like, you don't have a girlfriend? No. Why don't you have a girlfriend? Are you gay? No, I'm not gay. Why don't you show me? I'm like what a great scene that is. It's a great party
2: scene. Every high school movie has a good party scene and that yes. was a great raw 80s authentic party <laughs> scene. Like it was much more yeah. realistic I thought than I mean again, sorry FPJ, but it, it it's better than <laughs> what you get in like She's all that or, you know, um, you know, 10 Things I Hate About You, stuff like that. Like it is it was a just a very good like it it is a new school high school movie about old old school high school. Again, if this yeah. comes out 10 years later when it catches that that 80s nostalgia wave, like the Stranger Things vibe, like this is big cuz it's like, oh, yeah. this is about high school football in the 80s. This this would be even bigger than it was. The touch of the dudes doing their hair, doing like their mullets in the mirror <laughs> is a really good one. Like it's a, just a very good high school movie.
0: That that high school party scene felt real. Like You and I have been to parties that look very similar to that. And, you know, maybe we knew a friend who got some sort of action in the bathroom like that that felt very real. And I remember watching that and going, oh, yeah, like I've been to that party before.
2: Yeah, I mean, and and I've been I've been Chris Comer on the stairs getting yelled at by a woman. I've been Winchell and Ivory standing by the window not talking to anybody. I've been booby hopped up on God knows what in the middle of the dance floor. Like I've been at all those places. It all felt real.
0: Yeah, no, that was a great great scene. So I think that ties in with with what worked because. A lot of this worked. You know, the only thing I wish we could have seen more, and we fortunately did get to see it more in Friday Night Lights, the TV show, is Connie Britton's character. Like she had like four lines in the
1: whole movie.
2: She doesn't get to cook at all. That, that is one thing that this this movie does not make room for female characters. Yeah, it is it, very minimal.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm sure we'll get into some other characters here as well, but I think Brad Leland was great in that movie, and I'm so glad playing uh, John Aubrey, and I'm so glad that he was able to have a similar role in the Friday Night Lights TV show as Buddy Garrity, like a I just think that those were some great supporting characters that at least had a chance to show a little bit more of the depth of those characters when, when the show or when, the, when it did become a TV show.
2: But the characters that did get time did well. I thought everyone carried their weight. It, it is a very steadying performance by Thornton. It's like kind of like oh Gary Gaines. Gosh, He's yes. having. Thornton is having yeah. to. He's having to like lead something that is very high energy. There's a lot of action happening behind him. There's a lot of things yeah. going on a lot of different directions. He is he is steadying. It, it, it's he's very much like a head coach. It and you know I thought um, Lucas Black is really good as Winchell. When I first saw this, I was thrown by what I assumed was Lucas Black's fake ass accent. I have <laughs> since learned that is actually how this man talks. He has got more twang than anyone on the planet who isn't like (laughs) backwoods louisiana like fast and the furious tokyo drift same dude whatever jarhead tv same dude (laughs) jarhead same dude the ncis or whatever he's on right now same dude like lucas black just has a shit ton of twang
0: i wonder if he could do like the non-regional dialect i wonder if if it'd be possible for him
2: like you put him in like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and someone in like 1960s LA and you just kind of see how that goes. I'd be very interested to watch yeah, that like, happen.
0: like I'm not saying that you and I have perfect accents, but could he sound like this? I don't know.
2: I'd, I would be very interested to see him. I'd have to comb his IMDb and see if he's trying anything. But again, like if you're casting Lucas Black, you know what you're going for too.
0: Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he nails it. Like And he nails it in, you know, one of the main characters. Like it's really Billy Bob Thornton. And his film, really,
2: yeah, and, and that's kind of how the book is too. The book does put a lot of weight behind Mike Winchell, which makes sense. He's the quarterback. He does have a lot going on. Um, you know, he's really the only person that we see. We, oh, I guess we see home life for Billingsley too. But yeah, it is. It is very much you're feeling the weight. You put the most hope in Winchell. You're you you want Winchell more than anything to get the hell out of Odessa.
0: Yeah, and then when the TV show becomes a thing, he's the Matt Saracen character. Like that's definitely who Matt Matt Saracen. That's who he is.
2: <laughs> yeah, you. I mean, it it just makes sense to have to have the quarterback be that guy. Yeah. Is there anything glaring that didn't work in this one for you?
0: Nothing glaring, other than the fact that like Connie Britton and some other female characters could have you know maybe been a bigger part of this. That's really the only thing.
2: Yeah. They needed to let some, some female cooks into the kitchen. Cause it is yeah. very, very male dominated movie. I have a couple nitpicky things. I have one okay, that actually okay. could have gone into the least authentic. No small school would drive down to Odessa, Texas to meet a player in person and not offer. They sent two coaches. That's a very expensive recruiting <laughs> trip for a small division two football school. There is no way that they would drive all the way down there and not offer him.
0: <laughs> this that's that's a little nitpicky, but sure. it yeah. is
2: yeah well, okay, so when I was in high school, there was a a coach from an NAIA school, I think in Iowa in a cold weather state, who came down, he flew down to San Antonio and spent the week basically talking to every every like good high school baseball team in the area and just doing his pitch. This is yeah. who I am, this is where my school is, you know, this is how we do. If you are interested, you know, take my information, send me your video, whatever, basically trying to recruit. Mm -hmm. If he would have driven, he would have flown all the way down to San Antonio to meet with one kid, maybe a couple kids, but not given offers. That is is crazy. (laughs) Every time I watch it, it's like, you sent two coaches not to offer this kid at your division two school? It is bonkers. Absolutely bonkers.
0: Okay. All right. Now that you've explained it like that. (laughs) I'm with you. Okay, sure.
2: Uh, Booby's uncle calling the hospital in Midland the best hospital in Texas. No disrespect to the hospital (laughs) in Midland. My my son was born in the hospital in Midland. Nobody appreciates a hospital in Midland more than you,
0: more than I do. Well, he's just trying to sell Booby on the fact that, like, don't worry, we're going to get you fixed up.
2: Yeah, but we have Houston. We have Dallas. We have San Antonio. Let's not get crazy. Um, And then (laughs) something... In his
0: uncle's (laughs) defense... His uncle's world is probably very small. His uncle's world probably doesn't true. really exist outside of that town. So to him, this probably is the best hospital.
2: Best hospital in the Permian Basin. Best hospital <laughs> in the state. Kind of that. That does make sense. That is fair. Um, one more kind of kind of serious thing that, that didn't didn't work. It, it it's a choice by the movie. I don't think I don't know if the movie suffers for it, but it the, the movie cuts most of the racism that is in the book out of the movie. And there's IMDb trivia about that. The book displays several instances of racism, use of racial slurs to black players. When mm-hmm. the makers of the movie asked Permian High School to use all their facilities for authenticity, the school agreed only on the terms that all the racism from the book not be included in the film to to avoid a negative image of the school and the town. You have the one woman in that dinner party, you know, uses the N-word. Uh, the conversation with Dallas Carter about the location for the state championship right. game is kind of yeah. ugly, but then... Yeah. It also depicts Carter, which is an all-black team, as a very dirty playing team. I think they could have whipped their ass and been a formidable, intimidating opponent without, like, kicking Mike Winchell's helmet into his face and doing all these late hits. I thought that was a that was kind of a tough, avoidable look.
0: Well, they were trying to make it like good guys versus bad guys. That's I think that that was definitely some Hollywood liberties there,
2: for sure. I mean, for sure, but I. That Dallas Carter team, I mean, Jesse Armstead, featured, you know, Pro Bowl linebacker was on that team. They they were plenty intimidating without kicking helmets in the faces.
0: <laughs> all right. Okay. I He's, think I think all...
2: if I would have walked out of that tunnel and seen that Dallas Carter team, my ass would have turned around and gone back in the <laughs> tunnel and just said, they can have state.
0: I think that if I grew up where you grew up, I would agree with all of I would have already seen all of these, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no way. Okay, so. Let's get into a category that relates to a recent episode of yours that we discussed—the <laughs> Kevin Costner and Freddie Prince Jr. awards for best and worst on-screen athlete. And listen, no one, no one appreciates Freddie Prince Jr. more than me. Freddie Prince mm. Jr. is very important. Some of the, some of the most legendary high school movies of the '90s, Summer Catch is a movie that you know took a sh- took a shot at college baseball, which only really two movies have taken a good shot at that. I really appreciate that. I watch Summer Catch when it's on. It's a you know, it, it is what it is. Freddie Prinze Jr. was put on this this world to be a lot of things. It seems like he's a great dad, great husband, writes great wrestling stuff. It's a great <laughs> interview on your podcast. He is he was not put on this earth to throw a baseball.
0: He, well, no, he was not put on this earth to throw a baseball. But that wasn't really a baseball film. That was a rom com. Exactly that happened to that happened to center around baseball. But I also, you know, and this isn't a summer catch episode, but I loved the like, I love the camaraderie among all the baseball players in that film. And I was actually, I was playing baseball when that movie came out. And that like meant a lot to me. Cause I was like, Oh, that character is like our shortstop. And this character is like our catcher. Like, cause every catcher acts pretty much the same as they do in that movie. So I was like, yeah, I, I, like, I really appreciated that.
2: The movie does get that, you know, does do that really well with like, uh, with FPJ and Lillard and Wilmer Valderrama. There, there is legitimate camaraderie there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying that Kevin Costner is good and Freddie Prinze Jr. Goat. Is, is not. <laughs>
2: Kevin Costner is he has been a he has been a hitter. He has been a, a passable minor league catcher. He's been a passable big league pitcher, and he has been a passable professional golfer. He yeah. is he is a a threat out there on the diamond. He is he is a problem, yeah. as they would yeah. say on Twitter. <laughs> uh, for me, it's it's Derek Luke, like you said for earlier. Sure. Derek Luke yeah. looks the part. Yeah.
0: If if you told me that. Like, and I didn't know who Derek Luke was. And you said, oh, yeah, that guy was on the practice squad for the Tennessee Titans. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, of course he was. Yeah, I believe
2: it. I believe it. For sure. sure. He was great out there.
0: Yeah. Because he, he not only looks like a football player and has that swagger, like that Terrell Owens type of swagger to him but he also moves like a football player, like Mm -hmm. the way that he's juking and jiving and, Oh, it's amazing. And he must've played some sort of, we should probably look this up. I actually, I
2: have bad news for you. The IMDB trivia says him and uh, Lee Thompson young who played Comer uh, did not actually play, uh, did not play football.
0: Then that's remarkable. That is remarkable. How good he is then
2: just good athletes. Good. I, I think everyone looked good. I mean, like Winchell look the part of a so-so high school quarterback. Uh, yeah. the, the good thing about high school football is you, you don't have to look, you know, like a pro and they brought in enough extras and so, like all the action looks good. You, you, I mean, you can't tell it's actors playing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the
2: mark of a good sports movie.
0: Absolutely. Well, because a lot of those extras were athletes. And actually, I think a lot of the, a lot of the extras in the movie were like guys that played in the NFL or ended up playing in the NFL. Like there's there's quite a few of those, I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's like, that's in the trivia somewhere. I didn't pull, but yeah, yeah, they, like a, they did a, a good job with that.
0: Akib Talib is in the film, I think.
2: He, yeah, he was featured in the. Um, they they pulled footage from one of Carter's games, and they were, uh, yeah, Akib Talib was in that. Footage, oh, okay, and the footage, yeah, all right. Who is a, a chain snatching stud? He is Talib was a lot of fun.
0: Ty Law played a wide receiver for Dallas Carter. The team Permian played in the movie state championship game. He wore number two. His last name is Graf. He caught a one handed touchdown pass. Ty
2: that's, Law like Patriots, Ty Law. Uh,
0: that's what it says here. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How about that?
2: How about it? Loved. I mean, you love it when movies cast out again, athletes, putting athletes in that situation. You, it just makes things. It, it gives things that authenticity that just really come through on screen.
0: Yeah, and the crazy thing about this is Ty Law was playing in the NFL when he filmed this. So that's, I mean, that's epic.
2: Yeah, he was. He had, I believe, just won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. I, I think you I don't have think, my timing right.
0: I think I think you're right. I, I have the internet here. The internet knows all. <laughs> the internet yeah. does. Yeah, he was with the Patriots till '04, so he won three championships, three Super Bowls. Incredible.
2: Incredible stuff. You you love to see people casting athletes. Uh, Let's get into the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award for Best Supporting Character. My question for you: Who is who is a star of this movie? Who is more than a supporting character beyond Billy Bob Thornton? Would you say? I would say Winchell, yeah, Booby, and Billingsley.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, Billingsley. I think a little bit less, but I think it's those. Yeah, I, I think those are. Yeah, those are definitely your 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 top line guys here.
2: And for me, the main supporting character, like Jay Hernandez, as Chavez. Really, doesn't get a ton to do when you think no, about it. Like he, not at all. He's on the poster. He's depicted, but he gets he gets far less of uh, uh, something to do. And he's a main character in the book. I think Tim McGraw actually, of supporting characters, definitely gets to cook the most.
0: Oh, absolutely. He's given the most to work with as well. And I think that so him and Brad Leland, I think, are your best supporting characters because. Brad Leland definitely shows you how important this is, not just for the team, but for the entire city. And there's a lot of uh, money that we can help you out with here. But we didn't we didn't talk about the worst athlete, did we?
2: Uh, did you have a worst athlete?
0: I think, I mean, well, yeah, I hate to say it, but Garrett, Garrett Hedlund is a fantastic actor, but this is not his movie. And this is not a, a good role for him. I think he's so good in other movies like... Country Strong or Tron. I just I'm just a big that,
2: Four Brothers fan.
0: Okay. I thought that anyone else could have played that role better than he did. And I, and I mentioned it earlier with that duct tape, duct tape scene. I just didn't think that his chops were as good as they could have been.
2: He's a little stiff. A, a, little, a stiff. little stiff.
0: Yes. I think we could have cast literally anybody else. Yeah, but sorry, you, you sorry, gotta Garrett. have
2: you gotta have him for the looks. He wore the '80s kind of mulletty hair. Well, though.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs>
2: sorry, uh, Garrett. Well, who's so for best supporting character? Do you, is there anyone else who's worth who can who can match up with Tim McGraw? There, I thought Grover Coulson as uh, as Booby's uncle as LV. I thought he's good. The he gives oh, yeah. the classic. We haven't mentioned the classic line from the first practice, and he can pass. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, an, an incredible performance there. It's, yeah, I would I would throw him in, but I, I really don't think that anyone's better than Tim McGraw. Like, I think I really think Tim McGraw delivers the best performance bar none, like, like whether you're in a supporting role or a main role. Tim McGraw is the best performance in this movie.
2: Yeah, he he's he's excellent. Um, I mean, a, a true piece of shit, but a great performance.
0: <laughs> and and that's not to say that Billy Bob Thornton isn't great in this movie because he is. He, and is like, he is. Billy Bob Thornton can be a piece of shit in a lot of the other movies that he's been. Like he's, he's He does he Bad Santa like right yes. after this, I think. <laughs> right. But here he's he's just so empathetic and caring and he embodies everything that Coach Gary Gaines is.
2: I have this podcast idea that I've wanted to do forever in just like reimagining movies if other characters that actor in that actors in that movie like played if they brought in their other characters like imagining bad Santa as the coach for the team in Friday <laughs> the lights is just really fun to me.
0: Oh, I like that. You should definitely do this.
2: Yeah, might might have to delete that. No, no free ideas. Um, let's let's get into my favorite category of every episode: the big chill. Every sports movie has every good sports movie has the big chill moment, at the moment that makes the the hair on the back of your neck stand up. I have two big nominees for this one. They're both in the state championship game. Uh, The fourth down stop that gets them the ball back, and then that final play. um, Winchell's scramble, where it goes slow-mo, and they're laying it on you. It's very intentional. It's, we are trying to give you the chills. We are trying to make this look incredible. But they've built up so much collateral with you that you're you're bought in. Even if you've seen it 10 times, you want him to get in. And then when... They realize when you realize that they haven't won it gives you the chills you know even more like you, you almost go cold just yeah. realizing you know watching them come to that realization that he didn't make it, it, it it's an incredible moment. My control now to the Yes, <laughs> He is. We got him short. That's
1: the ball.
0: Yeah, it, that's the scene for sure. It all culminates to that scene, which again, you, you would just assume it's a sports movie. You would just assume that your team is going to win this thing. And the way that that scene plays out only for them to come up just short. I think that that, that scene's so, so powerful.
2: It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's my big chill scene. It is. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. I, I love it. If, if this movie is on TV and we're within like 45 minutes of that, I will break an appointment to stick around. For that.
0: <laughs> but for that again, scene. when we mentioned this earlier, when Booby goes in the car after cleaning out his locker and cries, that gave me legitimate goosebumps just because of how good that was mm-hmm.
2: that I mean, it. In the, it's not in the same vein, but it, yeah. it, is, a, it is certainly a chill scene. It's yeah. um, it's just hard to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Chris, how would you improve this one, if at all? It's already a Hall of Fame movie.
0: It's a Hall of Fame movie for sure. We've touched on it a few times here, but like the, the women in this movie, like Connie Britton especially, who was amazing in this exact same role in Friday Night Lights, the TV show, wasn't given anything at all. And I'm not saying she deserved more scenes or deserved more lines, but her character was such a throwaway character and played by someone as talented as Connie Britton. I just feel like there, were, there was something more they could have done with this. So that's what I would improve on. And they, they do it so brilliantly in the TV show. And Connie Britton and Kyle Chandler are so good with each other in that movie. And I, that's what I would change about this movie.
2: I think at the very least, she would have served as a really good vehicle to kind of get inside the psyche of Gary Gaines, a little more back and forth between them.
0: Yeah, And I I, I, I keep saying she had four lines. I don't know. Maybe she had seven lines, but she, not many. She needed more.
2: Yeah, she I mean, she's almost completely absent. The The only real conversation I can remember between them is talking about like moving, they, they come home and they're all the, uh, the for sale signs and them talking about like moving to Alaska or something like that. That's right. That, that's like one of the only things I can remember them talking about.
0: The only other scene is when they're coming out of the Walmart and Brad Leland's like, "You so you're, you're going to win state. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, we are. That's, you know what happens if we don't Like, remember that, that whole scene?
2: Yeah. We, well, we got a, <laughs> we're a pretty tough team too, coach.
0: Yeah. That, that, yeah. We're probably a pretty tough team too. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, guess what, Brad Leland? Dallas Carter has Jesse Armstead. He played for the Giants. <laughs> uh, the only thing I would do to improve it, it, besides that, is just a little more respect for the reputation of Gary Gaines. Like, if I, if I were Gary Gaines and I watched that, I would probably cringe.
0: Mm, Especially the, the
2: the scene with Billingsley's dad. That, that's I think that's the big one. I think you do you you, you leave the booby stuff the same. Although maybe you know you. I don't know about putting Booby back in, but at least how he got hurt, you do that the same. That's a lot more dramatic than than a scrimmage. But the stuff with Billingsley's dad, you can hammer home the point that this guy is a problem without, you know, impugning the honor of Gary Gaines. So that's really my, my one big improvement.
0: But I would argue there's a whole bunch of people, like a giant percentage of people that think that Coach Gaines is a fictional character and they don't realize that, oh no, he's actually playing a real person who coached this actual football team. So I think that if you look at Coach Gaines as just a fictional character that exists in a fictional movie based on a true story, I think that you go. Yeah, I guess that makes sense for this story.
2: Fair. That is that is very fair. I will. It. it, I mean, it works for the movie. Yeah. If you don't know, he's a real guy. It. It. It does work for the movie. Yeah. Final category before more restore. Would you rather see a prequel, sequel, or remake of this one? And you know, keep in mind they did do a Friday Night Lights TV show right after this, so we've had a lot of Friday Night Lights content.
0: Well, I don't know how you can do a sequel to this because the movie ends so perfectly. What do you, I mean, the sequel to this, I guess, would either be the next season, like we talked about, where they actually do win state. But I don't know if you have all, you know, you don't have a lot of the same characters there. And then is the sequel like what happened to them, you know, what happens now to them? So I don't know if that really makes sense. I honestly don't even know if a prequel makes sense because what are you going to do? Show the season before? So I think a remake... Would would make the most sense, and that's kind of what we saw with the TV show. But I wouldn't touch this film. I wouldn't touch this film's damn near perfect. Yeah. So so I wouldn't I wouldn't do anything to this film to to change it in any sort of way. But I think what they did, reimagining this as a fictional movie, which gave us the, one of the greatest sports lines ever. Or, sorry, fictional TV show, which gave us one of the greatest sports lines ever: clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. I think that. I mean, that's one of my favorite network TV shows ever.
2: I would be open to them. Maybe not a prequel in the sense of like a direct Odessa, Texas prequel. I, I would just, I would love to see another, a grittier 60s high school football. Movie. Remember the Titans is great. Remember the Titans is very Disney-fied. Um, it's, it's good. <laughs> it's like, it, It's it's a great sports movie. It's a great cable movie. I would be very interested in a, a grittier, like even like a 1950s high school mm. football movie and, and kind of what the culture was like. But I remember the, it wasn't a 30 for 30, but it was like an SEC story about the Mannings and Archie Manning kind of talking about what high school football was like in, um, you know, back in Mississippi in like the 1950s or 1960s. And I would be very interested in, in taking a real look at that kind of culture and seeing that on film. But I mean, with the caveat being like, if I would take any sports movie, like if you make it and it doesn't suck, like I will watch it. I will, I will see your movie.
0: This could have been, maybe this could be a, a sequel if it was like a completely different story. Maybe this was Friday Night Lights, colon you know, like some other uh, school in Texas. Like, I think this could, this could be like a series of films. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Maybe like one each decade. Like this is, this is 88. You didn't, you do 98. You do 2008. Sure. 2018.
0: Yeah. I think that could work. So it could be like, so this is the original Friday night lights and this kicks it all off. And then we get Friday night lights and then just put the name of some other school after that. Friday night, more lights. (laughs) <laughs> more Friday night light. Sure. I don't Whatever, whatever
2: you want it to be. Well, the one we got, like you said, was damn near perfect. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to come on this podcast, break it down with me, giving me another shot to cover this movie. Tell the folks again where they can follow you, where they can find your podcast,
0: man. I love this Kyle. Thank you so much for having me on and thank you for letting me revisit one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite sports movies of all time in such great detail and I got to acknowledge you. You do such a good job of putting all of this together. From emailing me a run sheet of like all the stuff we want to talk about to finding all the like the little minute details that a lot of your listeners would never have known about. I got to acknowledge you for that. So you do such a great job.
2: That is very appreciated, Chris. You are welcome back whenever. Let's cover something tomorrow. I'm, <laughs> I'm down.
0: <laughs> I'd love to. And people can find me online again at Chris Van Vliet, V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. And my show is called Insight We're Chris Van, with Chris Van Vliet. And you can find it wherever you listen to this podcast right now.
2: And if you enjoyed this episode of Big Screen Sports, please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts. Do you folks know the drill? Uh, for future scheduling info of this podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at Kyle KyleBandu. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Big Screen Sport. You can join our Facebook group. And also for any baseball fans, again, a reminder, my interview series from Phenom to the Farm presented by Baseball America comes at you every other Tuesday, and we will catch you next Monday. Thanks for listening.